All right, joining us now on the phone is Maria Moreno, who has been teaching in the Chicago public school system for most of the last 30 years. I think it's 28, Maria, is that right? Yes, yes, 28 years. This is 28. And what do you teach? I teach high school mathematics. We are a brave woman. We thank you for that. (laughs) What what school? Uh, George Washington High School. All right, I know you're at the rally now. Um, All right, so in 28 years, if memory serves, this is what, your third strike? I want to say third, and we did a walkout for a few times. It's, it's, this is the most important one, I think. Yeah, how, how does it feel different? How does it feel different? Different well, from the other times. For, yeah, uh, before we were fighting for us, in a way, but now we're really fighting for the communities we serve. Well, that's you one know, of- we need nurses. They need, we need more social workers. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you because of your experience. Um, mm-hmm. This takes on a bigger sort of footprint than other strikes do because it's not as clean as just we want more money, we want more benefits. What right. do you feel and what is the union telling you you're succeeding on? In other words, what are you getting closer on? Well, what we're feeling out here is that the, the Lori Lightfoot is not negotiating at the table with her lawyers and uh, what we know is that the people stopped negotiating yesterday. Like, they're not trying to talk to us. Can you describe a little bit, uh, Maria, what, uh, why it's so important for the teachers to have one nurse in each school and a social worker, and why class sizes matter to you so much? Well, definitely the rise in um, mental health issues. We're more aware. The society is evolving, of course, and we're more aware that children need more support. And I think that's what's happening. We, the teachers, are setting up for our children. The kids are, you know, it's not the kids that have everything. It's the kids that need us to speak up for them. The ones that are underprivileged, uh, children of uh, black and brown history that, you know, grew up in, in poverty. That's who I know most of us are fighting for right now. They need nurses. And you're they saying, need people to talk to. And you're saying without these, uh, without this, you're not able to properly teach in the classroom. Oh, I'm going to, for, for my own record, I am one of those people that really loves the kids, and I will stop class to try to, uh, you know, counsel. And it's not fair. I'm not supposed to. I need to get back on track and give them the rigor they deserve. But the kids also need people to talk to. They need those supports. Uh, this year I have two children that have um, diabetes, type 1. So when my baby's getting sick or something, I have to, like, pull them to the sky. You know, how are you doing? Let's check your blood. You know, it's not it's not my job to do that. No, I know. And and I and and uh, <laughs> I'll do it. But right, but a thousand percent, you can't teach a classroom if you're doing three jobs instead of one. Steve's in the newsroom. Definitely. Steve, yeah, I wanted to ask you about the homeless uh, situation with the housing uh, issue. Talk to us a little bit about the homeless students who are in school and why it's so important for teachers to be fighting for them. Oh well, I can't imagine. I've never lived through that, but I've had students tell me that you know they live in a car, and it's unrealistic to be able to perform at a high academic level if you're worried about, you know, being warm or eating. Sure. No, it takes stuff away from... From, from all of it. Now, the other thing is, my daughter's a teacher, so I'm a little biased here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but having said that, 
there's only so much money. So if the if the argument is not about uh, money, if the raises have been agreed on and that's off the table, it seems like we could meet in the middle. What about that offer of a, a, a nurse and or a social worker in school and in every school over the next five years? It feels like a long time to get that done. I I don't know. I hope it happens. Right, but you you'd know? like it done sooner than that, I'm assuming. Oh, definitely. Right. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and I was joking around, but I'm like, we gotta. I'd rather be in the classroom, definitely, yeah, preparing no. my students for these jobs. You know, we don't want to be out here. Yeah, and I'll let you go on I'd this, but sure, <laughs> and I'll let you go on this. But also, uh, we thank you and all teachers because we know that it doesn't end when you go home at night. And uh, I've seen my yeah, daughter do it, and the amount of money you spend on school supplies and things because it's not in the budget or extra things that aren't in the budget. I know that's part of the story, too. Definitely. I teach high school math, so I do ask uh, for calculators every day, but they, the kids, you know, a handful could afford it or bring them. So I provide my, I bought my own calculator set for my room. My school does provide them, but they don't now. So we got to keep up <laughs> with the technology to keep the kids, you know, competitive, make them competitive. All right. Last word, G. So, Maria. Yeah, thank you. Maria, what do you say to those people who are arguing that if you really cared about the students, you'd be in class and not interfering with their you know, senior year or intramural sports or potential scholarships? And um, who also say, well, gosh, you know, $100,000 in five years, that's a lot of money. And you guys have summers off. Like, what do you say to those folks who are um, bringing up those ar- kind of arguments? It does bother me that the kids are losing out, but at the same time, the the administrators, uh, the Lori Lightfoot, they knew that this was going to happen if they didn't come to the group of happen, But we're doing this as a resort. It's not something we're taking lightly to people, knowing that my soccer kids are, you know, Ah, the phone is just dying out. I'm sure she's going in, like in a, on the march somewhere where we're losing the signal. But we got the we got the gist of it there. I mean, she said we're not taking it lightly, and it, it is a concern. But it's not as simple as just go back to work. This is listen. That's why I said, why do you want to be mayor? Because this is one of the tough ones. I, I you know, there's there's great arguments to be made on both sides. But absolutely, it's, it's hard to argue with the big picture of what the teachers want to do. It's an absolutely tough situation, and the things that teachers face every day. And if you think about a student facing those odds of being homeless or not having the support at home, uh, worrying about being hungry and worrying about where they're sleeping at night and whether they're too cold, how are they ever able to concentrate or get ahead in this world? Um, I feel, like I said, I feel for both sides. Both sides have points. There's only so much money to go around. Absolutely. The city's got to try to figure out uh, where the money's going to come yeah. from. In about 15 minutes, the budget address hits. Maybe there'll be some answers there. Yeah. And on the city side, if there's no money, you can't. What What's the saying? You can't uh... blood from a stone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know the old saying, John. You can't find money in a, in a pair of old <laughs> pants. Can't. Maybe we... I have before five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Right, maybe we, maybe we can rob Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's and why do Peter? Why does Peter have all the money? Huh? Right, exactly. Peter, right. Peter's always been a pain. Yeah, John's not wrong about that. Anyway, thank you, Teacher Maria Moreno. Maria yes, Moreno. Maria Moreno from uh, George Washington High School.